What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Conditions Podcast here, and your host of the Young Lions Perspective. It is super fucking early in the morning as I'm recording this because, well, I was dead tired yesterday, and I was supposed to record this segment and I just have it published and ready to go. But um, I was really excited to do this interview, and this was literally the biggest show in the history of the Young Lions Perspective in just almost one year of existence. And for the simple fact that and of course, we go into this more in the interview. He actually hit me up out of nowhere. Um, I was on just hanging on the couch after a day of work. I'm just chilling, just going through things, looking for a pro, you know, pro wrestling news. And he hits me up out of nowhere. He's like, hey, man, you know, I see you got a podcast. I got this book coming out called Instagods on July 1st. And I want to do it. You know, I want to go on your show and talk about it. And I'm like, he does know that I... I'm a professional wrestling podcast, right? So we talked for a little bit over time and I let him know out of the cut of the bag that I am a pro wrestling podcast. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and we, and we spoke a little bit on pro wrestling uh, for a minute. And this interview, man, was so much fun to do. He is a really, really cool dude. Um, for those of you who may not know who he is, uh, he is the creator and founder of snoopbysunny.com. Um, his specialties are like bodybuilding, dating advice, uh, social skills. Um, and now he's stepping into the social media psychology world. He's already done a book in 2017 called Of Tyrants and Tellers. Um, it's a bestseller on Amazon.com right now. And now his book, Instagods, is actually out today. You can actually get it on Amazon right now on your Kindle for $9.99. And also you can join the Instagods group. I'm going to leave links for both of these in the description for this episode today. So you can A, get the book, and B, join the Instagods group as well. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this interview. It's a little bit different than what you're used to listening to. But when, when we talk about outside the ropes, we try to go outside the realm as far as possible, away from um, professional wrestling talk. Again, guys, thank you guys so much for the support. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll be seeing you guys tomorrow when we get back at it. Episode 81 of the Young Lions Perspective. The good, the bad, and the ugly that was AEW Fighter Fest. Other than that, guys, enjoy your day. I'm going to go make some breakfast. We'll talk soon. See ya. and gentlemen welcome to episode three of outside the ropes where i talk about everything outside the realm of professional wrestling as y'all know i am zach your boy from the wrestling of issues podcast and your host of the young lions perspective now this particular man needs no introduction but of course in professional wrestling terms we are going to give him one anyway he is the creator and founder of strengthbysunny.com his specialties include bodybuilding dating via social skills and now most recently, social media psychology. This man does not need a PhD in this whatsoever. Two years ago, he released his debut book of Tyrants and Tellers, which according to Amazon.com became a bestseller in multiple categories. And now he comes to us two years later with Instagods. And according to Amazon.com, I pulled this from them, quote, which decodes the social media dominated matrix we live in. Ladies and gentlemen, my first ever guest 
on the Young Lions perspective. Sonny Arvado, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Thank you very much for that introduction. I like it. Hey, man. Hey, it's what we do in the pro wrestling business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now, I want everybody to know about this, and I'm gonna probably, and I'm probably gonna embarrass you for a moment, but this is what we do. We shit talk. I was actually just got home from work, like literally two hours beforehand, and I get this DM from this this random dude hitting me up and telling me he's like, "Yeah, I got this book coming out, man. I would love to be on your show." And I'm literally laying on the couch, having a conversation with my mom, and all of a sudden, this just pops up. Like, I'm like, are you, like, what? This was like the most, like, literally, Sonny, this is the most random thing that literally happened ever. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I don't know, because I saw, you know, we, we, uh, we follow each other on uh, Instagram. I always yep. see you, uh, you know, like, you know, liking my posts and, you know, commenting here and there. And I saw that you had a podcast. I was like, you know what? You know, let's, uh, uh, let me check this thing out, see what it's all about. So yeah, I just figured, hey, why not? And I, you know, I reached out to you, and uh, here we are. And for that, I am appreciative, man. And yeah. I want to get into this book, man, because this, from what I've read so far, dude, you've got a classic on your hands, big time. So what was the inspiration behind Instagons? And if you can, how does it differ from uh, the inspiration you got from writing of Tyrants and Tellers? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I wrote and released of Tyrants and Tellers two years ago. That was my debut book. It's basically, it's about, um, it's just about modern day masculinity and just talking about some of the forces at play that are kind of um, uh, working against modern day masculinity, both chemically and especially culturally. So, you know, I talk right. about those topics in the book and um, uh, I also, I give solutions, you know, how to kind of to you know rise above that um because i do think that's important right um my inspiration for that first book that wasn't you know that wasn't really thinking outside the box because for years i kind of wrote about all that stuff masculinity i'm big into health and fitness um so that was kind of like the low-lying uh fruit for me you know fast forward um to instagods you know it's just something i've always kind of paid attention and been aware that social media it's just this big thing that has just this gigantic impact on civilization both you know for individuals as well as again on the societal level Absolutely. Um, yeah so and no it, i just uh, i i noticed you know certain programmable patterns of behavior just on instagram alone and how it's just how it's changed how people interact with one another and um it just struck me as odd, like, you know, it's kind of, you know, everybody's kind of aware of these things, but no one's ever written something on it. I just, you know, I started doing research and, uh, you know, the title came to for me and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this. This is going to be my next project. And, you know, I put in the work, I did a lot of research and, you know, eventually got to writing and, you know, was able to make it happen. I mean, I was very impressed by uh, the amount of research you did. Now, um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe it was in the introduction uh, from Jay Campbell. Uh, it was like four years of research that came, went into this. Yeah, on and off about four years of research. Just every once in a while, um, you know, I'd see something online, like a story here and there. and just be like, you know what? Because the, one of the major premises of the book is this idea that you know, we live in a time where there's these two realities kind of competing for our consciousness, you know, real life, you know, real life conversation interactions, 
And then the digital realm, the social media dominated digital realm. And just over time, I've just seen instances where um, it's clear to me that that digital realm is, it's confusing people because people are, are more and more uh, regarding that digital realm as reality. So every once in a while, you know, I would see a story, um, you know, something in the news just be like, you know what, like, this is a prime example of that, you know, um, you know, whether it be, you know, someone doing something stupid and it ending in an accident or right. them dying, just like, you know what, this is a pure example of that, you know, um, you know, I have all the examples in the book, but you know, a couple that stood out to me, like, uh, like that one girl, uh, she had the Snapchat filter on and wanted to go really fast, you know, gun it to a hundred. And then what ended up happening, she ended up, you know, causing a you know, massive accident. Um, yeah. There's that, there was a story, uh, might've been two years ago. Um, some lady, she was on vacation, you know, in the Dominican Republic and she's having, you know, her guy friend or whatever, you know, film her going crazy, you know, outside the window, you know, partying, you know, to a party mode to look cool hanging outside the window. Yeah. Well, then what happens? Then the, that car going 67 miles an hour happens to go by a telephone pole and it totally decapitates her. Ooh. So you just see these instances where people, they're doing things to look cool on social media, but then, you know, real life hits them. It's just like, oh, wow. You know, you see this also, you know, one of the stats I study in the book, I, I cite in the book, um, this uh, university in India, they've been keeping track of this since 2011 i think the number is 259 selfie related deaths and it's all it's a variety of things you know you know falling off cliffs you know trying to take a selfie with a bear and then eventually oh reality hits that bear is a is a dangerous animal and you know getting mauled to death um i think the very first thing though and it does date back to four years ago i remember i was actually i was living in vegas at the time but i just remember um one of the girls I followed on Instagram, you know, obviously attractive girl. And I just remember seeing like the, the comment section and there were literally dudes saying there, oh my God, you're a goddess, you're my God. And I just, that always, that always like stuck out to me. Just like, nah, we're definitely, we're definitely in a strange time now. And if you study um, the life cycle of civilization, which I talk about in the book, we're definitely at the end of something here. Yeah, I mean, and it actually goes into one of the things I really want to talk about, which kind of like was um, the social media hierarchy. I remember we yeah. were talking back and forth and you said, hey, when you get to the social media hierarchy, it's going to blow your mind. And I saw it. I really got to the point where I saw it. and I'm just like, this is bigger than I think anyone honestly ever thought. If you want to get into that a little bit, talk to us about that hierarchy, if you can. Yeah, the, uh, the social media hierarchy... Um, I, I don't remember what chapter that was, but basically what I do, I, I explain that um, what we're seeing now, it's sort of similar to, uh, if you want to compare it to loosely to like the caste system in India, what you're seeing, you're seeing this sort of organization of society um, in the social media age that's largely based off of you know one's influence on social media the big one being a follower count on instagram mm -hmm. um, we are we live in a time um where you know the the numbers truly matter um you know small numbers indicate an overall low standing in society because it indicates low interest um low social relevancy 
Whereas the higher up you go, the the closer you move to that pinnacle of celebrity, which is the ultimate you know form of social relevancy where people know you. So what we're seeing uh, today, um, you know, the very top, and I won't go into like the you know the the various subcategories. I'll just talk about the main ones. So the very top of celebrity in this day and age is what I like to call a mega celebrity. A mega celebrity are like your most famous people in the world. These are the types of people that they achieve fame through, you know, the traditional outlets of fame, you know, television, movies, music. These are like the top of the top, the people who they never needed social media to get famous. If their social media got wiped out tomorrow, everybody would know who they are. You show someone, any person, you know, in the civilized world, a picture of them, they're going to know who they are. So think, you know, LeBron James, Conor McGregor, yeah. uh, The Rock, um, Rihanna, uh, Selena Gomez, you know, just your most famous people in this day and age. Below that, you have the celebrities. These are still people that appear in, you know, the traditional outlets of media and get famous that way. And they're still very famous. Um, they're just maybe a step below. Um, so I, I guess the ultimate test for that is a mega celebrity is someone they're so recognizable, like they can't go anywhere. Like if word gets out that, you know, oh, they're uh, they're at the they're at the Orange Julius at this mall, word's going to get out and they're just going to get mobbed by people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Whereas a celebrity, you know, people will recognize it, but it won't be like a straight up like mobbing. So I, I, example of this and it is debatable you could say is uh maybe like a jonah hill he's obviously he's very famous he's appeared in movies but he could probably you know go to like a starbucks and he's not gonna get like mobbed by people all right so that those yeah those are like your celebrities and then of course in the book i you know i don't just talk about um you know, I don't just list these off. I go into everything regarding these different categories of classes that people have fallen into, including, you know, their typical programmable patterns of behavior. So, okay, below the celebrities, uh, I believe come the, uh, after what this book was named, the Instagods. And Instagod is basically your social media, it's, it's your social media celebrity in this day and age. It's the individual who, um, purely they don't get famous through you know uh you know uh sports or or uh movies or tv or music or anything like that they purely built they get famous through social media and and that is how they achieve fame um so it's a it's a different level and that's kind of like the pipe dream that a lot of people especially women in this day and age they're trying to go for that because you know the the instagod the social media celebrity it's kind of like the pipe dream. You know, in theory, anybody can start from nothing and build up a massive following and become someone relatively relevant in society. Because here, again, this is what differentiates the, the mega celebrity or even the celebrity versus the instagod. The celebrity and the mega celebrity, when they initially get on social media, it's newsworthy. So, you know, it's newsworthy to the point where they get on and then the next morning they wake that account has like 3 million followers. I think that's what happened. Like the, like Eminem, for instance, he oh, hopped yeah. on, he hopped on Instagram around this time, six years ago, you know, he, you know, him or his team, 
he got on Instagram and then within like 24 hours, he had like 3 million followers. Like that's, that's the difference. Whereas someone like, uh, um, like a, like a summer Ray or, uh, or, or any of the famous, like social media, like celebrity Instagram models, you know, these people, they started from zero for the most part. And then they just built somehow, some way they built up their following. They went viral and, uh, you know, eventually got millions and millions of followers. Um, the next one down the list is actually where a lot of people find themselves today. This is, I, I, I argue, the most interesting class. You have the aspiring Instagods. These are the people who are actively really trying to build their following for the purposes of social media fame. And of course, the, the financial opportunities that come along with that. I think that's the most interesting class because, uh, you know, as I talk about in the book, there are the probably the most interesting uh, set of programmable patterns of behavior that you'll see an aspiring instagod or instagoddess for the women uh, abide by. So one of the one of which is what I like to call uh, niche hopping. You know, this is especially the case. You know, th these types of girls on Instagram. You know, they're clearly trying to build a following somehow, some way. A lot of them they try to monetize their looks. So what you'll see, you'll see niche hopping. You know, everyone. You know they'll go through phases where they're kind of in one niche and move, you know, kind of on one niche and, and kind of trying to milk that um, and associate with other people in that niche, milk that and then move on to the other one. So that's why a lot of girls that are trying to build a following, you know, they need to, it's almost a requirement for them to get into the fitness niche. Um, and oh, yeah. the, that's the biggest niche too. Um, yeah. I see, that, I see that, you see that a lot in Instagram. I mean, um, what I see, like with like all the fitness girls, all the CrossFit chicks, all that stuff, you tend to see a lot of them pushing brands. Um, like uh, there's this one brand that I see a lot, um, Soothe Life. Uh, yeah. You know, really like trying to push that brand. They got their own creator code and all this stuff. Yeah, that Bang Energy. That's another one you see them pushing. Hey, yo, um, the, uh, that that stupid that stupid like uh, teeth yeah. brightener thing that they that you put in your teeth. That's so cool. you know they're. So yeah, yeah they, they move around and they plug the same things. Um, and of course, you know, that's totally like unraveled, you know, in the book. And then uh, then you have the normies. I like to call them the normies. These are just people who use, they pretty much use social media for its original intended purpose, which is just to, you know, just to function as a, as sort of a, a digital extension of identity. So they're not actively trying to build a phone. You know, they post normal pictures, you know, with friends, family, and selfies and things like that. It really, they, they're really not big into Instagram. And then of course you have what I like to call uh, ghosts. These are the people who just, they don't use social media whatsoever. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to that. You know, pros, uh, you know, you can make an argument that, you know, you kind of keep your sanity in this day and age. But cons, you know, one of the cons of this is that um, social media, it, having social media, especially Instagram, it is the norm. Um, it's normalized into the public consciousness. Um, everybody does it. So when you want to stray from the norm and you don't conform, you know, you can run into issues as, from a social relevancy standpoint. You, you can kind of, uh, not hardcore, but you know, so, you know, subtly ostracize yourself, at least to the point where people are just like, doesn't use social media? Well, that's weird. Why not? That's kind of weird, you know. So that's kind of like a breakdown. Again, I, I get into, um, you know, I get into all the nitty gritty details, you know, in the book. I don't want to, um, 
you know, because we could talk on and on and on about all these all the different behaviors. Man, I'm telling you, like you go really in depth with this book. Um, I'm here with uh, Sonny Arvado, the author of Insta Gods, which will be coming out uh, very, very shortly. I'm, I'm Monday. That, yeah, this coming Monday. Um, man, like there's the the reading upon reading this book. The one thing I noticed, the biggest thing I think I noticed, uh, what was really crazy, uh, was the, something you call the golden ratio, and yeah. you re you really break that down to literally its bare essentials. If you if you want to, man, just uh, break down just a little bit of what that golden ratio is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's something I've just noticed over, and I'm not the only one that noticed this. You know, one of the things about this book, there's going to be a lot of things in this book that people you probably noticed, um, but. Uh, no one's ever quite gone out and said it. So one thing, you know, if you look at the top of any Instagram profile, you'll see that there are, well, first things first, any time that's because, and this is talked about in the chapter called murder by numbers. We live in a time where we're getting to a point where your value as an individual is largely based off of, um, in the digital realm, at least it's largely being based off of the numbers that people see the big one, especially on Instagram, your follower count. Okay, but those three numbers at the top, uh, they do tell a story. Those three numbers at the top being post count, follower count, meaning how many followers you have, and then following count, how many uh, how many accounts that you happen to be following. And I go over, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head how many different numerical uh, combinations there are. Well, there were but, a few, man. Yeah, there were a bunch. Um, but those numbers tell a story. And, you know, if you're someone who is concerned about um you know having a high value digital image uh, one of the things i talk about is this idea of the golden ratio based purely off of the number so that golden ratio being a low post count high follower count and low following count because what when you take those three numbers you know in that format in a consideration what that story tells you know a quick glance what people are going to see they see well you don't post that often and even though you don't post that often you still are able to be socially relevant a lot of people care about you as evidenced by that high follower count and then you don't follow that many accounts so you don't you're not really paying attention to that many people so in summation what those numbers tell well this person you know they really matter and they're not even trying to matter yeah that's the craziest thing about you know because when you like going into your book for a little bit um you actually and this actually leads into uh, what i want to talk about about dating and all that yeah. stuff um usually like you said uh one question most girls ask guys you know when, the, when they're trying to talk to them and they're interested is your instagram yeah and you see girls checking guys instagrams and all this stuff and what really made me curious like to actually get into this was how men I wouldn't say you are using Instagram improperly, but they can use it to their advantage to actually help in the possible relationships. So um, I guess the question I want to ask is like, how can men actually start using Instagram to help their dating prospects? Yeah. Um, and again, this is, uh, there's a whole bunch I have to say about this, especially in the, the various dating chapters. I think um, this, this, this kind of, um, you know, this mirrors kind of like my advice I give to guys in general. Um, I think too many guys today, um, 
they're very focused on this digital image and they try to they try to build up this digital image and come up with every trick and hack to to show value and an attractive life you know on instagram but that found like they don't have that in real life and it's very hard to fake that um so my first piece of advice would be to tell guys you know be the real deal in real life you know have the attractive lifestyle you know have have a good social circle be an interesting guy um take high quality pictures um have interesting content again that's this is all in the book okay because when you have this real life uh attractive image well then showing that on instagram in the digital realm it's simply a matter of documenting this real life that you are in fact living on instagram and then that's your digital image right there everything's gonna everything's gonna take care of itself um you know as far as and again there's so many i'm trying to narrow it down here because there's so many different pitfalls um that i see guys fall into you know one of the i i see guys that you know they really have nothing going for them in real life but then you know they think it's just a matter of well let me just buy a bunch of fake followers and then it's just like they have no engagement on their posts and it's just like well you know anybody with half a brain can see that you know this whole thing is fake um i would say you know you don't have to break the bank you don't have to get a lot of followers a lot of guys you know obviously here's the thing the more followers you have the better as long as they're organic followers but that far cuz what are you trying to show you know from a dating standpoint you're just trying to show social relevancy a socially relevant cool attractive image that's that's the bar right there for you that's all you're trying to show okay you don't have to be like you know a dan dolzarian like want to be you know with the mansions and the cars and things like that you don't have to be like that. all you need to be is just socially relevant for whatever demographic of girl that you're trying to appeal to okay so as far as follower counts concerned you know the term i use a couple hundred that's really all you need if you have a couple hundred organic followers and anytime you post you get a decent amount of engagement in the form of likes and comments and your content's good and your pictures aren't like your pictures aren't sloppy and they don't show a noticeable lack of uh financial competency meaning you know you don't look like totally broke i see guys do this cuz you know i i you know um my side of the internet you know i definitely deal with you know with the dating and shit and then i see guys posting pictures and it's they're just like terrible like pictures like you know bedroom selfies with a dirty mirror and like cardboard <laughs> cardboard boxes in the background and it's just like any girl that's going to see it, it's just like wow like this guy you know he's just you know he's got nothing going for him you know, he's he's broke you know you don't want that either um you know good solid pictures that 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 make you look as good as possible and you know just a decent amount of organic followers and organic engagement a couple hundred that's that's it for the most part and then as far as like utilizing instagram for um for the purposes of dating um i i actually advise guys not to use it you obviously you want that instagram to rely on you know if a girl asks for it you know you you know for the most part you're going to want something but you know if it's like a a situation where you have the choice of getting a, a phone number or you know you know you're talking to a girl and you want to hang out with her at some other point just go for the phone number um because what tends to happen is that um well number 1 if you if you uh 
you know, exchange Instagrams with her, well, most guys exchange Instagrams, um, you know, they talk for a bit in the DMs and they message there, but then the guy inevitably asks for the phone number anyway, most of the time. My rationale is why don't you just get the phone number and just go from there, you know? But another reason why I like to, I think it's better to leave Instagram out because, um, well, two reasons. Number one, when you exchange Instagrams with a girl, you, uh, you essentially, you both the guy and the girl, you give each other sort of the playbook. One of the things I talk about is that, you know, we, what social media has ultimately done, it's done a lot of things, but one of the big things it's done is that it's killed one of the most important aspects to romance, which is that aura of mystery. You know, prior to the days of social media, you know, a guy and a girl, you know, they'd agree to go out on a date. And for the most part, they didn't know anything about each other other than, you know, maybe some information that they could get from, you know, uh, you know, other people that knew the other person. Okay. But now in this day and age, a guy and a girl exchange info, uh, one or both parties, what's going to happen is that, well, they're going to Google that person. They're going to look them up on Instagram. You know, a guy gets a girl's Instagram, you know, and he's thinking about going out with, yeah, he's going back, aka Intel Gather. He's looking at, you know, starting from her first post on, say, July 11, 2012. He's looking through all her posts. The girl's doing the same thing. And, by, you know, by the time you know it, uh, you know, they, they, you know who the, both the guy and the girl know who each other are before even really sitting down to get to know one another. Um, well, they think they do, um, but they still, in their mind, they think they do. And this could, this could lead to, you know, unfair uh, uh, or inaccurate, you know, preconceived notions to be, uh, you know, to, to be made. Um, another reason why I tell guys they shouldn't, they should they shouldn't um, have the, they shouldn't go for the Instagram right away. Um, again, it just, it, it complicates things. Why not just go for the number and just go from there? Right. Yeah. That's the cool thing about that too, is that you really break down, you know, date, the dating cycle. We will, I mean, there's no to that because that's just a whole long spiel yeah. another you really go through the dating cycle of you know how a relationship goes in social media from beginning to uh, its possible end, and that was that was the be- like one of the best parts of the book of what I've taken in so far. But one that always really got to me, and I've re- I actually was thinking about it like the other day as I was reading this book, was uh, something called digital public mate guarding. Yeah. What I, when I when I think about it now is that with, with uh, actual mate guarding when you're in public, you know, they girls girls are with their guy, they see uh, this random high value dude, mm-hmm. and the dude notices her noticing him, and he starts you know putting his arm around her or like holding her hand, keeping her close. What's the difference with actual real life public mate guarding versus the digital side of it? If you want to explain that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's one of those things I. I started noticing this, you know, actually longer than four or five years, probably around, you know, 2013, you know, six years ago. Um, so yeah, as you said, public make garden, that's real life in person, you know, guys with his girl. And, you know, if he, if he senses or sees a threat, he'll do something to kind of subconsciously just bring his girl closer to him. So like, you know, you know, put his arm around her, hold her hand, something like that. Um, the same thing happens in the, in the digital realm where 
you know, especially if a guy is dating an attractive girl, um, especially an attractive girl who you might consider an aspiring Instagram, someone who is actively trying to grow her brand or grow her following, um, you know, even though she's in a relationship, those, that digital validation, those comments, worship comments, basically, you know, complimenting her on her beauty and things like that, those really don't stop they're still going to come in. And if, what I notice is that if a guy is, you know, insecure or just kind of socially inept in the social media age, you know, he'll, uh, you know, he might respond to those comments or something like that. But actually what he'll do, um, probably the, like the, the number one programmable behavior you'll see is that when a girl posts a picture, you know, he'll be amongst the first to comment and it'll be something territorial like, uh, uh, oh, oh, mine. Oh, she's mine, heart emoticon, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, how much I actually hate that because back when I was younger, I actually, I didn't necessarily do that, but there was one instance where I I told this dude like, yo, you know, watch, you know, hey, this is my girl type stuff. And when I look back on her, I'm just like, man, I really shouldn't have done that because that's a pitfall in and of itself where a woman can think, can sense like, and like you said in the book, it's kind of a weakness for men to actually go and do that whereas most men should be able to just fall back instead of just you know actually putting comments like that in there which, which really kind of ruins things like not ruin things but it kind of messes up things a little bit because then she sees oh why is he being like this it's kind of like you know the act of haunting it. i get it dude you're you know that's your girl but not necessarily you have to like you know let the world know that's yours yeah, and that was one of the other things, you know, I really liked about the book. Specifically, uh, that's actually the the chapter, The Driver's Seat Decoded. So, I, you know, over the years, I've become fascinated by, you know, looking at Instagram profiles. And, you know, you'll see, you know, a guy and a girl dating, and then you'll look at their profiles just like, oh, I wonder. Like, let's see here. And one interesting pattern I noticed, you know, would be, you know, a girl, she's, uh, you know, posting whatever, posting pictures of herself or something. And then you see the guys, and then the guy, I, I would notice this disparity, especially in this day and age, where a guy would have um, way more pictures of him and his girlfriend up, um, or just a singular picture of the girl up, you know, for like a like a woman crush Wednesday or something like that. I, I yeah. notice a lot, a lot of guys, they show more digital love than, uh, than the girls. The girls, they're just doing their own thing. You know, once in a while, they'll throw up a picture just because that you know that that guy is a part of their life because they're dating them but i definitely know you know i i i I tend to think of relationships in this day and age as sort of functioning in like a zero-sum game where you know it's not like a war or a battle per se but you know there always seems to be one party who just cares a little bit more they you know they they show more love um they care more about the relationship working The other person uh, uh, tends to show uh, a little bit less. They'd be a little bit less opposed to uh, uh, it. Uh, they they care a little bit less if the relationship ended up ending. I guess does that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because what I've no, I mean, what I've noticed in society with dating and such is like the first, and this is this is just common knowledge. The person who cares less is pretty much. I guess, like what you said, kind of in control of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's a that's a like that's a really big 
thing of knowledge there, guys. Uh, and I know you catered this book towards more so the men's side, but it's also a way for women to understand as well, you know, whoever, I guess you could say it's like wearing the pants in a relationship. It's just the digital version of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, that dynamic, you know, it existed long before social media. What's interesting now, you know, in the social media age, now, you know, you can kind of decode relationships and see, you know, understand that dynamic better just by looking at, you know, the individual's social media conduct and, and you know, the content on their posts and things like that. But that's really, you know, again, that's one of the major premises of this book. Um, social media, it's this giant thing kind of thrown into human social interactions. Um, it's just more evidence, more evidence to kind of, uh, figure out what what's really transpiring um, and that's one of the things so another example like you know, you know it social media it provides massive clues or breadcrumbs so another example you know let's talk about real quick you know uh, you know I talk about the different phases of relationships um, let's talk about like the end of relationships where yeah you, know, you know how can you tell if you're a guy you know and you have your eye because we've, we've all been there before where, you know, there's been a girl like in our hometown or just extended social circle where there's a girl like, yeah, you know, we'd love to get with her, but, you know, she's in a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, and then what happens, we know she's in a relationship and, you know, every once in a while we'll look at her profile and then suddenly what happens? Well, suddenly her, her profile, all those pictures with her boyfriend are gone and they're not following each other. Nothing was... Nothing has been, you know, made official yet where, you know, she hasn't like, gone right out and said, oh, I'm single now. Okay. But there's enough digital breadcrumbs that'd be like, oh, wow. Like, dude, like her and that dude must be done because they're not following. She's not following him. And all the pictures are, are, are done right, right then and there. Yeah, she just wipes the entire, he or she wipes the entire history of the relationship between yeah. them I guess, off the face of the digital earth. So one thing I always was curious about, and since you definitely wrote this book, um, the one question I actually thought of when I woke up this morning, do you honestly believe that social media in terms of dating has become a help or a hindrance on society today? Um, you know, I, I think um, if, if you had to make, because I think you can make an argument for both. I, I think you could definitely make an argument just from a pure communication standpoint. Yeah, it's another way for the parties to communicate with one another and express, you know, their identities online. But um, if I had to choose one, absolutely. It's definitely become a hindrance to the, 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 the world of modern day dating and, and a lot of different ways. Um, it's given us too much choice. It's given us too much access to just looking at you can look at an endless amount of, you know, if you're a guy, you can look at an endless amount of chicks. If you're a girl, you can look at an endless amount of dudes. There's just too much choice. There's too much, there's no barriers to entry. You know, if I see a hot girl, uh, you know, that I think I have a shot with in uh, Los Angeles, you know, on the East Coast, I can communicate, I can send her a message, you know. There's no barrier to entry. You can literally, um, have an end the, the your dating pool theoretically it's it's infinite you know to the amount of people on earth for the most part yes. that have access to instagram obviously but one of the big ways that it's it's become a hindrance to the dating market um especially um especially what it's done to the female psyche because one of the things it's done 
is that it's uh, it's convinced women, it's it's deluded women into thinking they're more valuable than they really are. You know, that's what the you know, that's what the market has done. You know, uh, to the female psyche, you know, if a woman you know is in high demand, as evidenced by uh, you know all the DMs she's received, and not to mention you know the dating apps, you know Tinder, Bumble, and things like that, those are included as well. Um, you know, if she's getting all this male attention, all this male validation, she's gonna think that she's more valuable than she really is. So it's diluted value because here's the thing: in this day and age. You know, it's not even just the like the super hot chicks that are getting hit up all the time. You get even like average or below average chicks. You know, if you look, they get messaged all the time as well. And when that happens, um, it kind of drives the market down because, um, you know, they they can afford to be picky and choosy, so they're not gonna, you know, why would they? They're not gonna settle down with their their around their looks match. You know, they're gonna get. You know they're gonna go after you know one of those guys that dm them is probably going to be you know just like a horny like high value guy and she's gonna take that you know and then if they end up hooking up well then she thinks oh well this is this is the norm this is what i deserve and it's just it's just this you know one of the many things that's kind of contributed to the wide world of modern day dating that we live in now it's 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 a, it's a ridiculous because you see like of course you see like the, the eights nines and tens they just get bombarded with you know you know messages all yeah. this stuff you see even girls like from the four to seven range they're valid they think you know they get hit on by this like nine like nine guy and they think oh wow i can attract you know this guy over yeah. here and like oh well why do i need to deal with jerry who's just you know working as a garbage man when i can deal yeah. with you know, Lorenzo over here, who's got like this crazy entrepreneurial business, and yeah. I just rather deal with him. And you're and you're right in saying that choice is probably one of the biggest, you know, biggest. And I'm gonna, you know, say pitfalls for that 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 amount of choice that they have kind of ruins things for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Even even I, think, I say more so for women, more more so than men, because when they have, when you have too many options, it becomes a problem. For a lot of people yeah um yeah and women and you know women it definitely becomes a problem for them because they kind of um you know they time time isn't on women's side for the most part um, very true very, so very true. you know they delude themselves into thinking that oh well what i'm gonna do it's i call it sex in the city programming um which you know that that television show when it first aired in i think 98 or 99 it kind of deluded women into this thinking yeah you know I'm going to live the the single posh lifestyle, you know, shopping with my girlfriend and hooking up with as many guys as possible. And then, and then when the time's right, you know, uh, the, you know, I'm going to settle down with the right guy who's you know going to be the perfect guy. And it's just, that's not, I, I think a lot of girls in this day and age, you know, once they start hitting late 20, not even like more so like thirties, like early thirties or mid thirties, they start to wake up and realize oh wow like this kind of fantasy that i thought was going to work out that's just not how real life works out Um, yeah oh absolutely that is just that's just the craziest thing is that women once they hit like 35 and then they and then what they i guess rolls the says like the epiphany phase um it hits them to the point where it's like there's not many options i have left i need to settle down now 
Yeah, so, uh, and then, you know, obviously, you know, uh, I guess the media kind of normalizing the idea of like, yeah, you know, the MILF cougar hunter who gets the young guys, they think like, yeah, uh, you know, just, they think that, you know, they go home and, you know, the the young Jack 26-year-old killer, you know, is not, it's not going to end right then and there with the one night stand. You know, he's going to consider settling down and dating her. It's just, it's just not reality. You know, that's just not, that's not the reality of the dating market in this day and age. But another way that um, I've really noticed this probably over the past two years where women especially are kind of, they're being hurt by the social media age just because of our changing conceptions of beauty. So, you know, I've, you know, what you've seen happen, obviously, this is uh, largely because of the use of filters, which is a, one form of, I like to call it digital deception. You know, these filters that you're seeing, especially the girls use on, you know, Snapchat and Instagram, if they're putting, ev- they're putting a filter on everything you can imagine, all these selfies, you know, there's a cycle, people don't realize, they, they don't realize there's an unintended psychological effect of that. You know, when you're a girl or even a guy, but especially when you're a girl and you put a filter on everything subconsciously, what you're telling yourself is that there's something wrong with my face. And that might not be the case. And eventually what's what happens is that you start to and obviously keep in mind, they're also on Instagram 24 seven. So they're getting programmed in that way. So you factor in all these things and uh, eventually the idea of some sort of body modification or plastic surgery doesn't become that crazy, which is why you've seen a rise in, you know, you know, things like uh, the lip filler, the the lip fillers and things like that. And one of the things I talk about, it's a trend in, in plastic surgery that's developed over the past couple of years. In right. years past, when someone wanted to get cosmetic plastic surgery, especially on their face, what they would do is they would they would go into, you know, they'd get a consult and, and meet with the surgeon. And they'd bring blown up, uh, printed out pictures of, you know, whatever, whatever look, or usually a celebrity, a celebrity's look that they were trying to go for, you know, uh, hey, you know, here's a picture. I want to look more like uh, Robert Redford, or if you're a girl, you know, I want to look more like uh, Megan Fox or uh, Jennifer Anderson or something like that. And then that's what they would have to go off of. One trend that's developed in recent years is that people, they're not, they're not doing that anymore. What they're doing instead, especially women, they are printing up pictures of these heavily altered selfies with the filters and everything, with the big eyes and the lips and everything. And they're bringing it to the surgeon saying like, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to look more like this. It's a very real trend. It was coined, um, it was a surgeon in Manhattan. He, he used the term, it's called Snapchat dysmorphia. Ooh, I think I heard, actually heard about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, where they, you know, altering their faces to look like the actual, like, uh, Snapchat filters, I think that's what it, what it was. Mm-hmm. I even saw, well, actually, someone, uh, someone screenshotted, it was a story, some famous, like, Instagram model or someone, you know, probably moving towards being famous. And they literally said, she literally said in her story with the filters, um, I could send you the picture, you know, I'll send it to you via DM. But, you know, it, the caption on the picture said, I wish I looked like I wish filters were real life or something something crazy like that. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, guys, just so you know, I'm talking to Sunny Arbado, author of Instagrams coming out Monday, July 1st. And I can't let you leave without talking a sad bit of pro wrestling, but not in the sense of what everyone else is thinking. The Rock. Yeah. Uh, 
You actually dubbed him, and I'm, and I'm getting. You said this, not me, but I agree with it 100%. You said he, The Rock is this generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I actually know about his story, too. Of course, you know, him trying to uh, play in the University of Miami, playing football, mm-hmm. getting drafted by the NFL, going to the Calgary Stampeders, then somehow coming into the world of professional wrestling, becoming the biggest thing since sliced bread uh, once he hit the scene in the WWF. How did The Rock become this uber-mega-celebrity Instagram. Yeah, so what uh, and again, I, I don't you know, the real wrestling friends would know far more about his background than me but The Rock, here's the thing about The Rock you know, he obviously, he started off you know, in the world of wrestling okay, and he rose to the top of that you know, he was, you know, one of the most, because I remember you know, I, I, I haven't watched wrestling in years I used to watch it a bunch when I was a kid I, I remember The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Steve, all those, all those guys um so The Rock, he's been like a mainstream celebrity because of wrestling since like the late 90s. And then, you know, he ended up, uh, he first hosted Saturday Night Live in 2000. And then eventually he starred, um, uh, you know, he was uh, the villain in a major movie for his film debut. He was in The Mummy too. He played the Scorpion King. And then a year later, that movie got its own, like, uh, its own offshoot. And he was, boom, he was a, he was a star from there and that. That was late 90s, early 2000s, right there. Right then and there, he was already, like, a mega celebrity, okay? Fast forward, and, he, you know, since then, he's gone on to make so many movies since then. Fast forward to, like, around this time, it was, like, spring of 2013, so about six years ago, he gets on Instagram, and he he immediately because he's already famous he you know he got a lot of followers but the way he used instagram the timing was just right because if you keep in mind instagram you know it really started 2012 it really started to take off um in you know beginning of 2013 when everybody was like really hopping on board with instagram and a big one of the and i talk about this in the book as well one of the first the the niche that really made instagram like really pop off was believe it or not it was the fitness niche and you know i talk about the various you know uh figures and companies associated with that in the book but that was one of the reasons why uh the the instagram took off because that because of that fitness niche well the rock if you remember you know he started instagram because he was promoting his movies um you know uh, gi joe but the big movie he was starting to promote was the following summer's blockbuster movie that that Hercules movie he made. So what he was doing, he was posting, you know, pictures of his meals, pictures of his workouts, you know, in preparation for that that Hercules role. And people that, you know, it's hard not to like The Rock because, you know, he's this big, you know, good-looking dude, very charismatic, uh, very positive, you know. You know, very positive, very inspiring. You know, he's posting his workouts, you know, just like, you know, working hard, things like that. And that, that was inspiring to people. And his Instagram took, like, it became one of the most popular Instagrams out of out of anybody. So what you saw was, he's an example of a celebrity who who's, was already mega famous, okay? But because of his Instagram, it just propelled him to an even, like, higher level of fame. To the point where he's pretty much, he's on top of that fame mountain now for the most part and you know as evidence you know 
He's in all these gigantic like movies. He's always like the hardest working man in Hollywood. He's in all these movies, producing TV shows, HBO ballers, you know, all these other things he's doing. Um, you know, and a lot of it was made possible. So he's an example of a mega celebrity who's just, you know, his rise to the very top. It just he's literally everywhere now. You know, that was fueled by Instagram. So it was like uh, you know, it's kind of like uh you know, you got a fire going and, and adding a bunch of WD-40 to it and seeing what yeah. happens. He just blew up even more. And that's a beautiful thing, man, when you can go from the wrestling world now over to movies. And there's now a couple of guys, of course, John Cena and Batista, who have done that. It, it's yeah. crazy how, you know, just being in a certain arena and now taking it over to the, a different realm and then now you take over Instagram. Yeah. I mean... This, I mean, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this book, I, I have to say, is a true classic in and of itself. Um, once I started reading it, the day you sent it to me, man, I could not, I, I had it on my phone, I couldn't put my phone down for two seconds. When I'm at work, I was on my lunch break. Yeah. I'm, when I'm at home and I just get home from the gym, the first thing I thought was, I really need to read this book. Now, just in preparation of just, you know, having this conversation with you, just because it was very interesting how you really went so in depth with everything in terms of dating and society and, and of course the hierarchies and it's a, it's a it's a wonderful book guys that i i wholeheartedly endorse i don't endorse anything i don't uh fuck with on a daily basis mm-hmm. and sunny like seriously from the bottom of my heart man i appreciate you coming out you know reaching out to me and letting me know um about this book i really do like like for, for everything thank you dude uh i'm gonna actually call this portion of the program the last few minutes of the show chill your shit so what i want you to do sunny Show your shit, man. Tell people about this book, other mediums you're in, and what you're going to be working on next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, well, you know, my my primary website, it's called uh, strengthbysunny.com. That's where you can find a bunch of, uh, you know, free articles on just everything that I feel like writing about. You know, I've had that website for about five years now, um, working on it on or off. Um, a lot of a lot of interesting free content. Um that's the main site, Strength by Sunny. I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Twitter, Instagram. It's all just search Strength by Sunny and you'll find it all. Um, uh, my, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the book is obviously the main thing. My newest book, Instagods, How to Decode the Secret Psychology of Social Media, out right now. That's on Amazon, available in paperback and Kindle. Um, one other thing that we didn't, we didn't quite touch upon in that book, I also mentioned a a premium group it's called the instagods group and the details for that um are are available just by you know clicking on the link uh indicating it that is a premium group for men who want to seriously improve their image both in the in real life and in the digital realm that is an accountability group tons of exclusive value is going to be in that group um and you'll be working with me you know hands-on um that uh, that's sort of my big thing in conjunction with Instagods, that premium group. Um, the details for that again are included with the link. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm excited, excited for the future. I've been really, I put so much time and and work into this book. Um, I'm I'm so happy, you know, finally got it done, and you know, I'm just I'm grateful that everybody's going to go out and and read it. And then oh one and then one other thing, you know, if you happen to you know, if you get it, which all of you should, uh, 
reviews help out a lot so if you really like the book leave a review on amazon um i like five star reviews um but other than that thank you so much for having me on Honey, man, seriously, I like I said, I before I appreciate you reaching out to me and being like, dude, I want to talk about this thing with you. Uh, like I said before, this I you know this is a pro wrestling podcast, so this is definitely was out of your realm. Yeah. But with outside the ropes, man, I wanted to just have this be like out like truly outside the ropes, outside of everything. And yeah. having you know experience definitely made me this you made like so far you made my year, dude. And <laughs> I agree. So let me let me just let me just close out the way I close it out, and I uh, hope you enjoy this. So, guys, that was it for episode three of Outside the Ropes. I hope you appreciate uh, the show, man. Cheers, seriously. When you check out this episode, share it across all your social media, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter. Let the people know that the Young Lions Perspective is your alternative for first wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. You can follow me, of course, at. Sway Center WWI on Twitter at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective on the Instagram. And of course, follow my boy Sonny Alvarado on all his media, uh, social media at Strength by Sonny. Sonny, thank you so much, man. You are welcome back anytime. If you want to talk about wrestling, anything like that, man, you are definitely welcome, my dude. Awesome, brother. Thank you again. All right, guys. So for next time, uh, for uh, Monday, of course. July 1st, you'll be checking out this episode. And uh, stay tuned, July 2nd, we'll be talking about AEW Fighter Fest. Until next time, guys, see you. Bye.